There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Wednesday, March 20th. I'm Sophie Casas. Today, we're deep diving into a Vice magazine story from the most recent Truth and Lies issue. The story explores an internet theory called the Mandela Effect. Have you misremembered the spellings of childhood favorites like the Berenstain Bears, Fruit Loops, and Jif Peanut Butter? Well, there's a theory taking the internet by storm called the Mandela Effect that might just explain why. The enormous Reddit community dedicated to discussing this theory ranges from mundane observations about memory to full-blown conspiracy theories. Vice writer Roisin Kybird has an interesting analysis about what this tells us about the times we're living in. So today I'm talking with Roisin about what this is all about. So for Vice Magazine, you wrote a story about a theory called the Mandela Effect. What is that? Yeah, it's the word theory is very vague, but it's actually kind of hard to even find another word to describe it. It's it's very tempting to call it a conspiracy theory, but the people who believe in it are adamant that it's not. It's not a conspiracy theory. And I guess what defines it as not a conspiracy theory is that it's really open-ended. I mean, there's really no conclusion. It's when people remember something differently to how it actually is. So the most famous examples, I would say, are the Berenstain Bears, which everyone remembers as the Berenstain Bears. It's this children's book series about this family of bears. Yes, or as I remember it, the Bernstein Bears, which might have just been a sort of cultural reference from my my Jewish upbringing. No, I think we all wanted those bears to be Jewish. Yeah. I remembered them as, as Bernstein Bears as well. No, and there's another one that seems to be really famous called uh, the Shazam film. And this is something, I'm Irish, so I don't fully appreciate this because it seems to be very much from an American childhood. But there's mm-hmm. this comedian called Sinbad who seemingly starred in this film about a genie called Shazam and it doesn't exist. The film doesn't exist. And the the comedian has come out and said, I never made this film. But Um. people on the internet are adamant that it does exist and there's been like a search for it. The thing that kind of facilitates this belief in the Mandela effect, the name, by the way, comes from the belief that Nelson Mandela didn't die in 2013. He died in the 80s in prison. Which is a lot of which a lot of people seem to believe as well, but it all comes from these people congregating together on the internet and sort of reassuring each other that they're not going mad. But the problem is, the minute you kind of enter this community of Mandela effect believers, you kind of start to feel like you are going mad because there's so many different explanations for what might be causing the effect. Gotcha. And just to be clear for our listeners, Nelson Mandela did die in 2013. Um, <laughs> so let's not let's not confuse the facts here as we talk about this strange theory. Um, 
I'm curious, before we kind of get into this wild world of the Mandela effect and kind of this internet rabbit hole, what made you interested in writing about this? Like, what about this theory or phenomenon is kind of interesting or grabbed you? It brings together so many threads that I'm interested in. Like, it's not very often that I would get to interview a neuroscientist or a theoretical physicist, but this this piece gave me the excuse to do both those things. And the other kind of part of it that appealed to me was for like most of my, like the last maybe four years or so, I've been writing about internet culture. And this is an internet subculture. And it also brings together a really odd tendency in internet psychology of counting on the internet as an extension of your mind, as a sort of archive of not only just in your individual memory, like you go back through your files, you know, sort of check in on your own history almost, and your, your laptop becomes this personal library almost, or an, or a, an archive, but it, it counts on a mass memory existing. So that if enough people band together and all say, yeah, the film Shazam or, you know, uh, Nelson Mandela's death, this, this thing is real, <laughs> which in, in, in the 1980s instead of 2013. Um, but, you know, if enough people band together and write enough evidence on Reddit, then it can apparently become real. Or, and, and so you have these people who have steeped themselves in this subculture for so long that, you know, any suggestion to an alternative to their beliefs triggers all these other really strange arguments like, oh, no, you would say that you come from a different dimension or or um, you haven't been affected by, you know, uh, the Large Hadron Collider rupturing the space-time continuum. You know, it's like all these really strange uh, beliefs emerge from this one destabilizing idea that maybe reality isn't what it seems. So kind of talk more about that for us, because you said at first it's not a conspiracy theory because there's no sort of concrete answer being given or that Mm. it's open-ended and therefore it's not a conspiracy theory. But what you're talking about kind of, to me, veers into that conspiracy theory world. So (laughs) so parse that through for me. Like, what is going on in this Reddit forum and, like, what are people saying? And, and, And also, what's the difference, I guess, between someone just misremembering something or or not ever really knowing the correct answer like when Nelson Mandela died there's a there's a factual answer to that so what's the difference between not knowing or misremembering and the Mandela effect you know I'm not even entirely sure myself and this is why Mm -hmm. I didn't want to judge people you know, because honestly, it takes some of these people on the on the subreddit for the Mandela effect. There are a few subreddits for the Mandela effect, including one kind of adjoining called Glitch in the Matrix. That's a little bit different, but similar. But I wouldn't want to judge anyone for pursuing this idea because some people take it to really interesting places. It is really open. Some people are willing to acknowledge that something has gone wrong in their memory. And they they might look to, say, the media and that, you know, the coverage, say, of Mandela's imprisonment was so widespread and very sentimental in tone. And somehow this made a mix up in their minds when they were very young and they thought that he was dead. You know, like it could be a very kind of mundane explanation. And they are just as much part of the community as the people volunteering these utterly sci-fi ideas that, you know, people are traveling across dimensions where things aren't quite different. And and the many worlds theory, which is is actually a legitimate theory from um, quantum mechanics. And it kind of is the one described in um, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. It's that idea of, you know, every action 
causing a divergence and a different version of reality. But even within science, this is dismissed as completely mad by a lot of people. So it's, um, you know, it, it's just doubt layered on doubt. Everywhere you turn, you risk kind of sounding completely mad. But it's very open. They try to moderate it so that, you know, it, it isn't a fraught, angry place. It's not full of obviously disturbed people you know or people kind of trolling each other you do get trolls on the subreddit but they try to keep that to a minimum so it's kind of a place for throwing around ideas more so than um reaching full-blown conclusions sure Um, but the difference between misremembering and the mandela effect as far as i can tell is only numbers if you just randomly say, you know, something that you got wrong in your head, people will dismiss you and it won't be accepted as a Mandela effect. It's when an idea sort of gathers steam. That's the difference I can see. Other people say that it has to have, I think they call them breadcrumbs um, or like leftover bits of an alternate reality. So there's this YouTuber who a lot of people might know, Shane Dawson, who made a video about the Mandela effect. And he features another YouTuber talking about the TV show Sex and Sex in the City. And um, they are saying it used to be sex in the city, not and the city. And this guy has this piece of merchandise. It's like this box of perfume and like some kind of cosmetics and uh it says sex in the city but it's really obviously a forgery it's like some kind of counterfeit gift set and he's using this as an excuse to say that like the mandela effect must have happened to me it just seems completely stupid (laughs) um but you know he would say that's left over from the alternate dimension in which it's sex in the city Mm, so it's interesting because we did a podcast episode about how youtube as a platform and model kind of actually functions to perpetuate conspiracy theories. And we focused on Shane Dawson in particular. So that's kind of interesting. Um, And you pointed out that there was actually a spike in online mentions of the phrase Mandela effect in late 2016, which is, you know, after Trump was elected here in the U.S. And um, around that same time, the term fake news was really starting to spread. And um, there was kind of this fervor around mistrust of the media. And then, you know, that can spread to kind of like government conspiracies and, you know, not trusting authority figures and that kind of thing. And that was an interesting parallel to me that the Mandela effect was being searched online sort of at the same time that fake news was spreading. But that's more along the kind of in our reality analysis. And then your story kind of moves from there to this very philosophical kind of theoretical place towards the end. And I want, can you take us there? Like, where did your mind go during this research and writing process as you kind of got more philosophical um, towards the end of your piece? Yeah, it's good that you noticed that. (laughs) Thanks for noticing that. Um, It reminded me a lot, the more I kind of delved into this scene of, of the Mandela effect believers, the more it reminded me of science fiction. It reminded me of books like uh, White Noise by Don DeLillo, where people kind of mutter the names of supermarket brands to themselves as a way to reassure themselves of reality. And also Ubik by Philip K. Dick, where you have these products in grocery shops that start to decay in front of you. And it's a sign that like time is out of joint. To me, the Mandela effect is a sign of our reliance on familiar things and on technology. And what we fail to notice is that technology is a product of flawed human minds. 
you know, so if something is outside yourself, if you're kind of so thrown into doubt by the events of everyday life, maybe even the election of a president that no one expected (laughs) and the rise of things like fake news, you start to rely on the old familiar things around you. And, um, to, to then notice that Kit Kat has a hyphen in between the kit and the cat, or that um, but some celebrity that you thought was dead isn't dead, or whatever. It's one of these familiar things that's really not that relevant in everyday life, but suddenly takes on this disturbing quality. That can undermine your entire sense of reality if that changes. And we rely so much on computers and I mean it's been documented that I think a few years ago people on Wikipedia were able to create a Wikipedia page for a fake event it was some war in um, I think it was a Middle Eastern country and it hadn't actually happened and you know all they need is three media links I think as far as I know and enough editors to approve it and it's it's really a lot more subjective than we think Um, and then you know as a journalist I'm guilty of this I'm writing a story I'm gonna look something up on Wikipedia Um, So that is a cycle. It's a kind of closed cycle there of media, Wikipedia, users, um, get enough people to believe something and it becomes true. So I think the Mandela effect is this perfect convergence of all these different tendencies. There's both doubt and belief. There's also a sort of doubt in the human mind in the constant presence of technology. But then there's also a doubt in technology because it's so close to us and and everything has been kind of thrown into into doubt lately. especially on social media, which is where much of this discussion goes down. Um, Even between the same people on the people on the Mandela Effect subreddits, they don't always fully trust each other, you know, and and they don't even trust technology. Like there was one guy, I'm presuming it was a guy, but this person had developed this elaborate cryptography system. They were using like distributed ledgers to and the blockchain to to create a Mandela effect proof archive of all of their uh, events that they were logging, all these things that they were expecting to flip flop, as they call it, back and forth through alternate realities. And uh, they created this really convoluted, really kind of complicated, apparently foolproof system which would you know record stuff forever and then they posted about this on reddit and someone in a comment below just said yeah but if we flip realities then your cryptography will flip too and it's like (laughs) oh no (laughs) nothing can be trusted yeah (laughs) you i feel like you've done a really good job of taking something that to me honestly seemed really mundane and like kind of writing a really interesting kind of societal analysis like what does this what does the fact that people are so engaged with this theory right now in 2019 what does that mean um what can that tell us about society i think you know what you all all of what you just said is really interesting and you know it kind of answers one of my questions which was going to be like why do people care sort of like there was you know one example of someone who realized that C-3PO from Star Wars was not entirely gold and it like drove him mad. And I was sort of like, well, why does he care? Like, you know, the mind functions the way the mind functions. But I think your analysis that you just gave us kind of speaks to that a little bit. You also spoke to a neuroscientist. Yeah. To kind of, yeah, to kind of see like, okay, like what's really going on in the mind here, you know, on a scientific level or not. So what did she say? Yeah, I interviewed Ilva Ostby and she's this Norwegian neuroscientist who wrote a book with her sister. It's called Adventures in Memory. And it's really fascinating, but 
as with, I gather, a lot of neuroscience-related things, some of these issues aren't entirely conclusive. One thing that she stressed was that memory is not a fixed thing. You know, it, it changes every time we retell the memory. And this has led her into really interesting territory, and it's covered in her book, and I think it's going to be covered in future work that she's doing now. But the role of art, so, you know, writing down a memory helps to fix it and everything is utterly subjective essentially (laughs) it's all completely up in the air and people's stories are people's memories are influenced by their emotions that's another really obvious thing that you know and and that to me seems very much to speak to the Nelson Mandela story that gives its name to the that like gave the name to the Mandela effect so if you saw some very hyperbolic or very sentimental news coverage about Nelson Mandela back in the 80s, it's entirely likely that it gave you a feeling akin to that of him dying. And if you saw, you know, people staging a concert for him or just, you know, talking in this extremely emotionally heightened way on news and you're only a child, later on, it's going to seem like the man died. So to me, it was fascinating to consider the role of media in this. And I mean, this again overlaps with fake news because we saw especially during 2016 these headlines which didn't correspond to the stories often that they they, um, linked to you know so there's this direct emotional manipulation going on from media in the age of social media especially and there's also just the sort of fragility of the human brain and the tendency to only pick out memories which appeal to us, appeal to our personalities. Ilva Osby made the point also that more imaginative people, maybe the kind of people, you know, who read science fiction and who want to believe in alternate dimensions and the ability to jump between them, are also more given to um, kind of confabulation, to, you know, elaborately reworking memories so they're not quite as they were, or to just even telling the story again and again, which alters every time. Um, So it's a sort of perfect storm. Um, And all these people are coming together on the internet to (sighs) enable each other, essentially. I don't want to dismiss it entirely, but um, they are are creating a mythology around it. And this only makes it more complicated. And I mean, another thing that the, the neuroscience said that you wrote in your piece is like, we forget the majority of things that happen to us, we remember far fewer things than we forget, which, you know, I mean, I, I honestly can barely remember what I did yesterday. And that that seems yeah. very real to me. So, you know, to me, it makes sense that we would be sort of remembering things differently from our our childhoods or, you know, an emotional moment in in history. Like that really does make sense to me. But it's interesting that there's this huge community of people for whom that is sort of fascinating Um, Yeah, it's so funny that it's these tiny incidental details like the brand names of food or, you know, the Fruit of the Loom logo on someone's T-shirt that are that are singled out by Mandela Effect believers as shifty and malign and somehow a symbol of something deeply sinister being wrong with not just your brain or not just, you know, your immediate reality, but the whole of of our reality, our entire dimension that we're in is now askew somehow because of these little mundane, tiny things. In a sense, it's just an extension of the feeling you get when like you go to the shop and your favorite brand of one type of food is out and you have to buy a different 
brand, you know, and you're having this unfamiliar thing forced on you. There's a similar kind of effect about the Mandela effect where uh, people are almost just being grouchy about accepting things as they are. You know, they're like, <laughs> things just ain't what they used to be. Exactly. Um, in my day, it was, you know, in my day, Nelson Mandela was dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of raging against time, you know? Yes, um, yes. Clinging desperately to one's possibly wrong uh, subjectivity you know <laughs> right subjectivity or or possibly just never knowing the correct factual yes. answer um i'm curious like how big is this reddit community 130k subscribers and that's just one that's just the main subreddit but there are a load of other connected ones too they have a really hard time kind of moderating it because it's just so big and new ones spring up all the time and they're kind of um constantly making lists of, you know, new documented popular Mandela effects to take stock. There's also a woman who coined the term, and I think she coined it around 10 years ago, called Fiona Brome, and she has a different website all to herself. I wanted to talk to her, but she has a notice up on her on her website saying, I get so many press requests that I just can't take anymore, basically. Wow. <laughs> um, she must get a lot of conspiracy theorists contacting her yes, too. I mean, <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. So lastly, I just want to ask you, like for you know our listeners and and the readers who are opening up vice magazine and checking out your story like what do you want people to take away from this piece that reality is not what it seems <laughs> no uh, don't drive yourself mad um i think i think it's a really interesting sign of the times that this is happening i think it's also an element of a bigger cultural trend like i think it's no coincidence that TV shows on Netflix like Russian Doll are catering directly to the same kind of mindset, this like slow destabilizing of reality, you know, the the kind of uncanny yet familiar things. They make for the most disturbing stories often. It's it's not like the big monster outside. It's it's the subtle changes that undermine your sanity. And I think it corresponds to a broader cultural mood that a lot of us are experiencing. It could even be culture catching up with the mood that we've been in for the last maybe three years or so. Well, thank you so much, Roisin. This was really interesting. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Make sure to pick up a hard copy of Vice magazine, or you can read the full story at vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And tune in again on Friday for another Vice Guide to Right Now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.